Hey everybody, welcome to The Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan. On today's show, I'm chatting with entrepreneur and photographer, Jared Hill. Jared and I have a lot in common as we both built our own businesses, love photography, and host podcasts. So I had to pick his brain about all that stuff. Before the interview, just a quick reminder of how you can help support the show. If you're an Amazon shopper, please get to the site by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. When you make a purchase after using that link, a small amount of that money comes our way to keep things running and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Again, that's thegeekgeneration.com slash Amazon. Also, I'm available for hire for all of your digital media needs, photography, photo editing and retouching, graphic and web design, or video and audio production. You can see my portfolio and get more information by going to robloganmedia.com or check out my recent updates on facebook.com slash robloganmedia. Now, here's my conversation with Jared Hill. So you're a busy guy. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes? Yeah, it gets that way. Yeah. Photography was kind of, was that the, the first thing that you were interested in coming out of school and everything? Um, no, I actually hadn't had very little photography experience at that time. I, out of high school, I wanted to, I was kind of really interested in the online space and, mm -hmm. uh, messed around a lot with, um, uh, you know, building little websites like back in that time, it was like, you know, building little GeoCity websites and stuff like that. For oh, different geez, things. yeah, GeoCity. You remember that? So you probably haven't heard that name in a while. Not in a while, no. Yeah, so I uh, had gotten a cell phone back then, and this was like in, 90, in 97, 98, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, accessorizing your cell phone was kind of like in its early stages at that point. Sure. And um, I wanted to build a website and try and sell some of these things online and so I had to kind of figure out how to build a website and you know back then even like a simple e-commerce website was going to cost like 10 to 15 grand so right, um, right. you know it, it, the web was kind of like where app development like smartphone app development was a couple of years ago so I kind of reverse engineered some stuff taught myself how to code and um, and and tried that out just tried you know e-commerce and it it worked a little bit. I did okay, but nothing, you know, that I felt was going to take me very far. So, yeah. um, I, uh, I got into another line of business. Um, when I was 20, I opened a retail store, uh, was selling, it was like a skateboard shop. I grew up skateboarding and so I could oh, okay. open up kind of a board shop that quickly turned into like small motorized equipment, like little dirt bikes and gas powered scooters and stuff. Cause it was just things that, uh, my friends were into and I was like, mm -hmm. well, I've got a resale license, so let's buy some and see if I can sell some. And, uh, it wasn't until I decided to step away from that and start doing website design as a job that I started thinking about photography because most of my clients were giving me these horrible photos to put on their website. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and back then it was like they, they were still, you know, giving me actual printed photos and oh well, can you scan this and then you put it on my website and it was just i thought well if i'll get a camera and i can take some pictures for these people and just you know charge them for it or whatever yep. and then from there i just started really getting into photography it uh, got asked to shoot a wedding and you know among many other other things that i started taking pictures of and and then that became a business 
um, in and of itself, which, you know, I kind of, I was single at the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, shooting weddings on weekends and traveling and stuff was, was much easier. And, uh, so yeah, that, that took off. Jumping back for a sec, how were you able to afford a retail space at 20 years old? That's very young to start doing that. Well, it was, it was a, a hole in the wall. It started out as a hole in the wall. Like I literally had like $4,000 that I had saved up. Oh, wow. And part of that came from like uh, a car that I had that I sold. And, um, and so I had like $4,000 to my name kind of, and I, I had, uh, in my, in my later teens, like had mall, mall jobs, you know, like I was the assistant store manager for an American Eagle Outfitters. And mm -hmm. there was this store back in the day called Mr. Rags. And I was the store manager of that place oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. a little while. And before it, when it was more of like a skate shop. And so, but like the retail experience was so like top down, you know, like wherever home office was, it was like, dictating what it was going to look like and how sure. you're going to treat your customers and all that stuff. And so I just had this passion for wanting to try something in retail. And, uh, so I thought I'd give it a try. And I mean, by all accounts, I should not have, have succeeded at that at all because like I had four grand and I needed to pay first and last month's rent and mm -hmm. get a merchant account set up and all the different things that go along with that and then buy some inventory. So like I, I had hardly anything in that place uh, and I opened and it, it, the stuff that I had in there, I didn't really sell a whole lot of. It was like, if I had just left it at that, I probably would have failed within uh, six months. But okay. um, a couple of my, my brother's friends were, had, had gotten GoPed scooters, gas powered scooters. And, uh, and they were like, oh, we need nowhere for us to get parts for these things. And, and I came from a background where I knew how to work on, you know, small engines and different things like that. So, so I thought, well, we'll just order a couple of these things and, and see what we can make happen. And, uh, and with my, my small amount of online sales background, I thought, well, I'll put this online too, and just see if we can make something happen. Mm -hmm. And it was just good timing. Like that, uh, market was just like was it in its beginning and mm. for about four years it just exploded with these things selling all over the place we were selling them locally online uh we started selling wholesale because since we had gotten in so early we had good pricing and and so that just just kind of took off from there um, but it was a lot of work like it was you know more than 12 hours a day, I, I had to have sure. a store open and then I had to ship orders and then we had to do repairs and all these other things. And it just wasn't uh, like a scalable business. And then, you know, like police didn't really know what to do with all these kids riding around on the streets on gas powered <laughs> yeah. scooters, weaving in and out of cars. And, uh, and I kind of saw the writing on the wall as far as that specific industry went and, and, decided at the end of 2004 to sell off all of my uh, remaining inventory mm -hmm. and just kind of uh, focus on building websites and kind of that was like the the time when I decided like man I have no freedom right now sure. to like to do anything I'm locked down to this place which it was fun it was a great experience but it was like how are you going to have kids or a family or anything like that when you're locked down that that tight to a business Right, right. Which you had mentioned before was kind of the reason that you ventured out into doing your own thing and being an entrepreneur in that sense. Yeah. 
and photography too, you said that you were also self-taught. I, I should reference, we talked a little bit before recording this. So yeah. <laughs> when I say you said it's conversations we had prior, sure. um, photography, you said that you were self-taught and, uh, you taught yourself coding as well. What kind of resources and how'd you go about like finding the, uh, experience for doing that? Uh, I'm, I'm an early internet user. Like, you know, we had, a a DOS computer hooked up to a dial-up modem back in the yeah. day, like, you know, hooking up and, and chatting on, on, uh, uh, bulletin boards and just, you know, putting up information, finding things I was interested in and talking to people about stuff. And so for, for me, I've always known that I could find pretty much the answers to anything on online somewhere. Mm-hmm. And when I wanted to figure out how to build a website, I looked to the internet for that and figured it out. And when I wanted to learn photography, there was a lot of, of people kind of starting out blogging. Some of them are pretty big names these days, as far as like, you know, online educators go in the photography space. Um, but I, I taught myself in, in that sense. And I, you know, had a lot of patience too, had a lot of time. So that also helped. Uh, it's, you know, easier to learn things when, you're resourceful and you have the time to, you know, to dig into those resources. So, uh, everything is, is just came from that. Um, I kind of miss those days actually of like, you know, being able to just kind of pour myself into something because I didn't, didn't really have like anything else that I had to, to focus on or that required the majority of my time. Sure. Family will take over in a lot of ways in that sense. Yeah. When you were starting off in photography and everything, how did you market yourself? Like you said, you kind of fell into doing wedding photography and were approached that way. Sure. Did it spread out from word of mouth or was the internet a resource in that sense too? How did you really get your name out there? Because I know a lot of business entrepreneurs, that's really the hook. Yeah. Well, since I had had that earlier business where it, you know, my retail store would have done okay on its own eventually. Um, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't have kept me around that long. It was the online sales that was really driving my bottom line. And, and what I, what I learned from that is that I could pretty much market anything online, uh, much more effectively than I could in person. And I'm, I'm not a super extroverted person. I'm not, an introvert. I'm like probably somewhere in between. So like if I'm heading, if I was going to go and network with people in person, I would prefer to know a couple of people before I got there. Otherwise I would probably, you know, be a little shy or whatever you want to say it. So, so for me, online works great because you can use whatever it is, your website, your social media or whatever, and reach people that way. I grew my photography business because MySpace was emerging at that time. Okay, good old MySpace. Good old MySpace, (laughs) which is hilarious. Actually, the other day I got a, uh, I get inquiries from my website of people that are interested in hiring me. And one of the questions is, how did you hear about me? And this was literally the other day and they put MySpace in the box (laughs) and I'm like, oh my gosh. So if I, if I do end up meeting with them, I want to ask them like, so did you, find me back then and just right, hang on to my right. name or are you like still on MySpace? So, wow. uh, uh, but anyway, so I used MySpace a lot to market myself then. Obviously it's not like today where everybody's on social media. I mean, there were a right. lot of people on MySpace back in the day, but it's not, 
nearly the amount of people that are on social media as today. It's a lot noisier today than it was absolutely then. So yeah, starting and growing a photography business on Facebook today would be a lot harder than it would have been to do the same thing on MySpace, um, you know, eight years ago or whatever that was. Yeah, it seems like everybody's advertising something, whether it be themselves or for somebody else. And it's just a lot of white noise going on right now. Yeah. And from your photography, too, you made the jump to not even like learning from the Internet, but now using the Internet to flip it around and teach others about it. And I was taking your course on Udemy. That's how I first uh, bumped into you. Oh, nice. And uh, what was what was the uh, kind of impetus for? I want to teach others now instead of just doing it. You had mentioned giving back, but was it also a marketing strategy as well on top of that? Well, the the first part of it was just giving back because, you know, I out of high school, I went to junior college for a couple of years, just kind of trying to find my footing in that space and just did not enjoy it at all. I was never really that good at school. Mm -hmm. Um, not that I, you know, didn't get decent grades. It's just I doing that same thing every single day, like just isn't my personality. And uh, so I, you know, would ditch a lot and stuff like that. But as far as falling into wanting to to educate people with what I've I've been able to learn, I have always found that like one of the best ways to master something is to have to be able to teach it to somebody else. And the way that I have learned Seem, seems to be more in line with the way that a lot of other people like to learn as well. People are much more visual learners these days than they used to be, um, more hands-on and not that they need things explained to them in, in, in like a, a longer process, but things need to be broken down into chunks. It's a, sure. for me, it's a much better way for me to learn. And I think other people kind of as well. So when I decided to create the Udemy course for photography, um, that came out of me just getting asked so many times, you know, how do you get good pictures out of that camera? Because I'd, I'd be at weddings and, you know, good old Uncle Joe would have a better camera than me uh, sometimes. You know, like there's been weddings that I've been to where, you know, like I think I'm, I've got like a $6,000 camera body and lens on me, but... Uncle Joe's got like a $15,000 camera lens right, and, right. and body and, and he doesn't understand why his photos aren't as good as mine. And so I get into a lot of conversations like that. Uh, and then people who are just getting into photography, you know, what, mo what mode do you shoot in? What settings do you use? And things like that. Those are all good questions to ask, but they're, you know, they're relatively like I'm new and these are the only questions I know how to ask. Right. So... Eventually, I thought, you know, I'm just going to put this together in a course and then I can just send it to everybody and it'll be great because they'll get much more out of, they'll get what I would want to be able to tell them in that moment if I had four hours to give them. Mm -hmm. But most of the time it's like on the fly, like it's, oh, hey, you know, just, you know, I can't, just a second of your time, like, you know, I'm shooting a wedding. I can't like stand there and talk to them. So for me, it was mostly that at the beginning. Even before that, I've done little YouTube videos and stuff, tutorials, and put things up o over the course of many years. Like if I if I had to figure it out, especially if I had to figure it out on my own, I couldn't find an answer for it online. Mm -hmm. I would turn it into a blog post or a YouTube video or something like that because 
chances are there might be somebody else looking for that same answer. Sure. Um, so it, it's never up until maybe the last year have I really thought about how I could turn that into into something that would actually benefit me more than just, you know, I mean, I feel good when I see people say that the course was useful to them, you know, but how do I turn that into something where maybe I could be doing more of that and, uh, uh, and make a, a living from it and just, sure. and spend more time educating because it is a lot of fun. Like it's, it's, I really enjoy it. So it does seem like it's kind of becoming a brand now too, for you, the, uh, the ditch auto brand, as you will, like that's the name of the course. That's the name of the Facebook group yeah. where the community can continue to converse and keep the lessons moving. And then, uh, you also have the ditch auto podcast on top of that as well. Yes. Yeah. Those, the, the course, like I said, we just, it was just kind of a, a, a thing. Like everybody would, was afraid to shoot in full manual in their camera and they'd use either full auto or they'd use one of the other like half auto modes. Um, and so I, we thought it would be cool to call it ditch auto. And then like probably for a year and a half, the website was just like a landing page. It was nothing more than like, you know, if you want, if you want to learn more, eventually put in your email and, and I never sent an email out or anything like that. It was just yeah. like a, you know, uh, and then I toyed around with, cause I mean, Udemy is a good platform, but they don't give you a whole lot of tools in, unless you want to use them only, you know, which right, is, right. I, I'm, they're not making any money off of that course. I, I don't think so. I mean, maybe they are because they've gotten a lot of students there and maybe they've signed up for other courses, but I wanted to, I wanted the ability to get some email addresses from the people that were taking the course so that I could eventually send them some other things. And, uh, and that's where it's kind of turned into like, well, we'll start blogging. Uh, we'll start the podcast just to kind of keep things going. So it doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't just become stale. Sure. And then the Facebook group, it was just getting too hard for me to keep up with all of the questions and stuff over at Udemy. And so I thought, well, if we could start this more as a community, then some of these people could probably even answer some of the questions uh, of the other people in the group, which it has turned out to be just that way. And it's it's helped out a lot as well. Has the podcast become a big time commitment for you? I know. I mean, I do an hour every week and that's a huge time commitment. Uh, and you do video, which is even more challenging than just a purely audio podcast. So what's that like for you? Well, it at first it was easy because I had a lot of kind of low hanging fruit, a mm. lot of questions that people had asked and it was easy for me to turn those into videos. Over time, it's became more difficult because there are a lot of photography podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff out there. So I don't just want to produce like kind of fluff content that is a waste of time. Somebody watches that little 10 minute video and they're like, oh, that was worthless. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't want to produce that kind of content. So it's been hard as of the last probably month and a half to consistently put out content because it's video and I want there to be decent production value to it. Um, at least as good, if not better than the original ditch auto course. And, and I am fortunate in the sense where like I have, you know, like I'm sitting in our green screen room right now where I could shoot, there's always camera set up and everything's like set up all the time. It's just a matter of like, you know, 
I don't want it all to be lecture. I want to be able to kind of go out in the field and show people things and talk about things. And it's just been really hard to find that kind of spare time lately because this isn't like educating isn't my full-time job. Like I'm taking pictures for other people. We're mm-hmm. building websites, doing an online marketing campaigns for people. And it's, uh, and that's time consuming. When you were creating the course, you had mentioned breaking down things into chunks because that's the way that you learn. Did you have any teaching experience prior or is it solely going on the way that you best learn? Uh, it's pretty much solely going on the way I, I best learn. Um, I mean, obviously I've watched a lot of, of, uh, tutorials and, you know, edge online education. And then I've been to workshops and different things like that. And kind of the, and seeing the way that it's taught. And I've, I've walked away from workshops thinking to myself, like, I feel like that guy was intelligent, but he didn't come across intelligent and, or I wasn't able to pull out a whole lot of what he had to say. And I felt that way about online courses too, where people talk over the heads of, of, the people that they're trying to instruct. And it's very easy to get into that because I, you know, do a, a lot of programming and stuff like that. And, uh, it would be, it's easy for me to talk over people's heads when it comes to talking to them about websites and, uh, you know, custom projects and stuff like that. So I think I've, I've learned over the years to talk about things in an, in as non-technical of a way as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get, I get that kind of, there's every now and then I get, you know, somebody from the course that's frustrated because I wasn't that technical. I was more hands-on and, and less technical and, you know, it is what it is. It's just the way I teach. So Sure, sure. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if, if someone likes the way you teach and they see another course by you, they're obviously going to go back and vice versa. It works both ways. Yeah. What kind of challenges have you run into with photography being such a hands-on kind of practice because in my own personal learning, I've found the best to be when I'm with someone, when I'm out there actually shooting myself. So how did you factor that in when you were creating your course that this person's really just going to need to go out and try this stuff? This is the best practice stuff that I'm laying out now, though. Well, uh, to be honest, a little bit of that course was I am going to be putting this course out for free and Mm -hmm. what, how much, how can I provide the most value without it taking a ton of time. Like I literally shot that almost that entire course in two days. Oh, wow. The majority of it was shot in one day in, in our, uh, in the green screen room. And then there was some, like, there were some things that I knew, like, I'm going to have to go outside for that. Um, and they're in the course. I mean, very limited amount of things as you, I'm sure you've seen as you went through the course. Sure. So for me, it was, it was, how can I get this done without having to go outside and and spend a whole lot of time just because I, I didn't know that it was going to get to where it is now. I mean, it's crazy the amount of people that have signed up for that course. And if I knew that there was the potential of almost, a you know, I think it's at like 75,000 almost people having taken the course, I would have I would have probably spent a little bit more time planning it out. Yeah. But that's that's what's made me do a, a lot of thinking about you know, what's next. And, um, and it's, and it's why I haven't put out a second course yet, because I know that there needs to be, uh, an extreme amount of value in that. And especially if I'm ever going to charge for one of those courses. Right. And that, and that's another reason why the podcast exists is 
so that then the idea or the course or my name or whatever, it all doesn't get stale. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of continues to provide value uh, and then eventually, you know, we'll release another course. It's It's almost happened several times that I've said we're going to next week we're going to film this and then stuff comes <laughs> up and then it just hasn't happened so such um, is life yeah exactly <laughs> and uh speaking of things that are coming up for you you had mentioned in our prior conversations that you actually have a second podcast that you're working on and possibly launching fairly soon yeah i'm actually going to be filming that next week uh uh a client and friend of mine, he actually graduated from high school the same year as me. You know, he started a business uh, after returning from college and he kind of, he, he's a different, he's different, but he has a lot of, of good insight and he's a first generation entrepreneur like me. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about the different things that we deal with. Um, we'll probably interview some people from time to time. Um, so it should be pretty interesting. I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to do it twice a month, but it's, it's going to be a big process because we're going to, we want to do a video version and an audio version. So obviously the audio version is easy. You just pull the audio from the video, but you know, getting all that stuff together is going to be a little challenging. So yeah, video productions are yeah. <laughs> heavy, heavy. Yeah, we have no idea what we're going to call it yet. There's no website for it. There's no nothing. It's it's. Uh, I mean, aside from my staff and and uh, Scott, who's going to be in the podcast with me, like you're one of the very few that even knows this is oh, a, wow. is a thought. So um, <laughs> it, it should be fun because I I like talking about business. I think that. Uh, our country needs more. I think our world needs more entrepreneurs, people who are, who have the mindset of, I'm going to go and I have this idea, I'm going to go ahead and try it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, instead of going maybe the comfortable route. And I, I feel that everybody out there has had some sort of an idea and they thought, you know, like that would be neat. And it's, it's just a matter of showing people that, you know, it's possible and why not give it a try? And these days it's so much easier because it's so easy to do it as a part-time, you know, that last hour before I go to bed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So despite having all these different income sources, is there a part of you that kind of yearns for the security of a nine to five, like guaranteed income coming in? Like how often does that play into what you're doing? It happens, It ha- you know, cause I mean, you, you don't, as a business owner, you don't get a solid paycheck. I mean, once you become a certain size business, then you can probably know that you're going to have a certain paycheck. But since I was 20, 19 years old, I haven't had like a paycheck come in where I knew what that was going to be every two weeks or every month or whatever. And so there have been times definitely during the ups and the downs of being a business owner. And especially during those times where I decided I was going to transition from one type of business to another where mm-hmm. income was, was low. Like when I had my retail shop at age 22, you know, we were, we, we were doing between 500,000 and 750,000 in sales. And like 50% of that was profit. And I mean, oh, it was wow. fantastic back then. And then I entered a time where I think my yearly income was probably like under 30,000, you know, so it's, it's, you just have to be flexible. I think as, uh, as an entrepreneur 
to think, well, that's nice now, and I should be, you know, realistic with what I have coming in. I should save. I should do all of those things. And that's hard to have that mindset in the kind of in the world we live in today, where it's like, well, I've got an extra 500 bucks. Like I'm going to go and, you know, put rims on my car or something like that. Right. Um, you know, it's especially uh, hard to keep from doing that. What kind of advice would you give to people who they, they want to take that step and they want to be an entrepreneur and build their own thing from the ground up? I'd, I think that people should try it. I mean, today it's so much easier with the ability to build websites for free using, you know, WordPress or mm. for a couple of dollars using like GoDaddy's thing that they have. Um, you could take your idea and put it up there and at least see if people are interested. Um, you know, and, and we all have social networks that are much larger than our, our previous networks used to be. Mm-hmm. So we have a larger amount of people to reach out to and kind of pitch that idea to. Um, and, you know, as long as you don't go crazy on self-promotion and pitching things, like you'll, you know, you'll still have those friends at the end of it all. Sure, <laughs> but sure. um, I think it's just so much easier these days to try it. There is a lot more noise than there used to be, so it's harder to actually like grow something to a larger scale mm-hmm. uh, than than it used to be. But the tools are so much more affordable. I mean, imagine doing what we're doing right here ten years ago. It would have cost a lot more yeah. money to do that, and we probably wouldn't have been able to see each other. Right, right. So it, this would have sounded like a phone call. So it's it's just so much easier to do things and do them, you know, from wherever, from a spare bedroom at your house or anywhere, you know, that's the, up until four years ago, that's where my, my business was, was in a spare bedroom of my house all through, uh, through that time. And then I finally, once we had a a child decided I needed to have an office that was outside of the home. Another thing that you mentioned in our previous conversation was that you, uh, when building your business and trying different things, you never held anything too precious and you were willing to pivot at any given time. Now, I probably suffer from the opposite of that, where when I build something, I'm like, no, this is mine. I'm going to make it work. And I dig my heels in and sometimes to my own detriment. But uh, how have you found that to be beneficial to what you've been building, that ability to pivot so easily? I I think it comes from... Earlier on, it was insecurity because um, I most most of my friends graduated from high school, went off to college. Anybody who I knew during those earlier years in my life that was doing anything like me or wanting to do anything like I was doing was was learning at a at a four year college or something like that. Um, so earlier on in my twenties, I often feared that like, I just didn't, I I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, you know, I, when I went into business for the first time, I had no idea that I was going to have to pay taxes or sales taxes or any of this stuff. I I don't even think I knew why sales tax needed to be collected at the time. And I'm starting a business and I'm learning all these things. So, so I think from from the beginning, I never wanted to put all of my eggs in one basket because of that fact. Like I thought, like, you know, I don't know enough about this. All it's going to take is somebody who knows more about this than me to to start doing it. And then that will put me at a disadvantage. And it took it took me a lot of years to realize that that's not the case. You know, I mean, there are 
better photographers out there. There are definitely uh, better programmers out there than myself, but you know, there's, there's an, it's a big enough world for all of us, first mm -hmm. of all. And sure. then, and then everybody is a different personality. You know, some people like with photography, there's, it's hard for people to tell the difference between like a, a good photo and a great photo. Most photos, as long as they look relatively decent in the photos, they're going to consider a good photo. Mm -hmm. So what it really comes down to is the photographer. Like, are you going to get along with the photographer? I'm going to be at your wedding all day long. Can you stand me? Or right, are you right. going to want to kill me by the end of the day? So a lot of it comes down to personality too. And um, I've always been, it's always been easy for me to talk to people, to start conversations and, and just kind of like, you know, jump into situations where I need to be confident because my client is expecting me to be confident. And, uh, and I know that I've done my homework. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so a lot of it came down to used to come down to that. And then today it's not so much insecurity anymore. It's just wanting to build something cool and, and take, you know, what I've learned over the years and continually try and apply that to new things. Mm. Um, nothing that I'm doing today is, is much of a departure from what I've been doing for the last several years, but, but it's, it's more just expanded upon that. And so, yeah, I mean, because of all that, I think like, you know, Hey, if, if something, if all of a sudden something isn't doing too well, like photography isn't, you know, there's a lot of people that have bought cameras over the years and are, you know, moonlighting as photographers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that's great. You know, I mean, I, I don't take it personally that there's people calling themselves professional photographers when they're, you know, just starting out. It doesn't really bother me mm -hmm. because I've, I've got other things going on. And, uh, if photography comes back and I'm able to be as busy as I once was with, you know, weddings, for example, um, then cool. But right now it's actually kind of nice because, uh, I want to be home on the weekends with my kids. So options has never done, has never hurt me so far. It may have hurt me from really focusing tightly on something and mm -hmm. growing it bigger than it could be right now. But, but I, I'm, I'm content. Is there ever a fear of spreading yourself too thin because I know I've had uh, like, I like to have my hands in a lot of different things. Like I do, yeah. I'm very similar to you and I do photography and web design and uh, yeah. audio and video production, all this other stuff. And I've had a lot of people say to me that people want someone who specializes in one so yeah. that they can be confident in their abilities in that one area. Instead of being like, I want to be a one-stop shop where I can do everything for people. Yeah. And uh, somehow maybe that's not as appealing to others. Do you worry about that at all? Or maybe you're learning a little bit. You're going an inch deep instead of a mile on something where you could really like become an expert in one given area. Well, I, I definitely suffered from that early on. Like w when I was going to school, um, I was learning different aspects of, of IT, setting up networks and different things. These were things that I kind of figured out how to do and I was trying to learn more about them. And so like I used to, you know, set up office and home networks for people and build their computers and do all this stuff. And and then I, I got to the point where I was like, man, I just can't do that. I can't have people calling me all the time. Like I'm not the geek squad of one. Yeah. I can't I can't do that. And so I and around that time I was reading books and they were talking about specializing and just do one thing great and you know, all the money will come and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that's where like the first thing that I kind of really laser focused on was wedding photography. And that did work out good because photography is very visual. And if somebody comes to my website and they see like a corporate headshot, they're not going to think of me as a wedding photographer. They're going to think of me as a headshot photographer or something. And so, so I early on kind of specialized in, in wedding photography and made it known that I was a wedding photographer. Um, and then people would ask, oh, well, do you do, you know, high school senior portraits? Do you do this or that? And I'd say, oh, yeah, sure. And eventually I started kind of building that out on my website to show that I'm, I do more than just weddings. And, and today that's important because I, I don't do as many weddings as I used mm-hmm. to. I don't really market that too heavily. I still book weddings. I just, I do a lot more commercial photography than before. So I'm not as specialized in, in that aspect. Okay. And that's also what still today, like if you went on my Facebook and posted, hey, what do you guys think I do for a living? Most of them would say photography. They don't, they don't even really have much of an idea of what Hill Media Group is, you know, the web services that we provide. And, and I mean, I've been doing web design way longer than photography. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, uh, I think publicly, most people think of me as a photographer and know of me as a photographer rather than the other things maybe in the business in the like the more local business world to my area more people know of me as you know a website designer a programmer or something like that so like i'm always trying to figure out new things i mean like i'm i geek out on pretty much everything that i get into like camera gear smartphones like all the different computers these are all the things that i i love and and thankfully i've been able to find a, a business where I get to use these things and play with them every day. And, and for me, it's always trying to find like, well, what else can I do around the things that I, I enjoy? And, and that's, that was what started, um, a, a website that I started in 2008 around smartphone apps, mm-hmm. um, was just like, you know, I, this is cool. I like this. I'm going to start a website and start talking about it. And we still run that website today and, and, uh, every new smartphone comes in, we're playing with them, tablets and different things like that. Cause it's just, just a lot of fun to me. Right. Right. With all those things that are going on, I mean, you name even now the, the state of tech website on top of everything else, how disciplined do you need to be in structuring your day to make sure that you're devoting the time that's necessary to your business endeavors? Uh, and, and motivating yourself to actually get that stuff done where you could be like sitting down and playing video games or something. Yeah. Well, thankfully I've always just sucked at video games. Like (laughs) I grew up with two younger brothers and my youngest brother would just own the crap out of me every time we'd play anything. So for me, like playing video games just always sucked because I was just getting owned left and right by my younger brother who of course was younger and didn't have any responsibilities. So you know, like it, it has, it does take a lot of, of kind of paying attention to your time and, and budgeting your time appropriately. I used to do a lot of networking, in-person networking. I don't do any of that anymore just because it's, it takes time away mm-hmm. from working on other things. I used to go to the gym a lot. I don't go to the gym much anymore. My priorities have changed, you know, like when I come to work, I, I want to get the things done that I know need to get done whatever those are, whether we're building a website for a company or editing photos after doing a a photo shoot or something. And I'm, 
I'm not nearly as, um, as good at that budgeting of my time as a lot of people are, but I do have a system down to where I know what's on my plate and what needs to get done when it needs to be done by. And, uh, and the majority of the time I, I get that stuff done. Um, and then there's that long list of things that I just, I would love to get done, but just don't have time such as, you know, new or new, uh, ditch auto podcast episodes and stuff like that, that, Mm -hmm. that just haven't, uh, haven't been able to be that high on the priority list. Sure. Speaking of lists of things to do, uh, one of the things that I noticed on your website was your challenge list, which was very interesting to me. And it's very smartly broken down into life and fitness, health, travel, professional, and adrenaline rushes, which I assume is uh, off of your skateboard days coming up with those. Two of the things in particular that really stood out to me that I would love to ask you about a little bit more is one on your professional. You had two goals that you'd accomplished of making both $10,000 and $20,000 in one day. And I was like, what? How? I mean, how? How does that even come about? Well, it, it didn't come about the way that I thought that it would. The first one uh, came as a photography job that I had got in a, in a roundabout way. A marketing agency contacted me and said they needed a photographer for an event that was pretty local to me. And they had all these things on site printing, all these different things that like I did not have the resources at the time to do. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'm going to price this thing, you know, so that I could buy what I need when I get this job. And so I, um, I put out a bid and there was a little bit of back and forth on it, but it ended up being just a little bit over 10,000. Wow. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I made that 10,000, I had to spend some of that obviously, right. but I made that 10,000 in that, in that day. And then later on there was that the next goal, uh, which I didn't think would happen the way that it, that it did all in one day. I booked two weddings. I sold a, uh, a domain name that I had bought that I was kind of wanting to hang on to, but knew that I wasn't going to be doing anything with it. So I finally said yes to somebody who, who made me an offer on it and then also booked a, a new client for a website on that day. And so all of those things together in that one day totaled that amount. Now that, that amount took, you know, a, a month or so of work. But, um, but it all happened in one day. So it just, it just happened that way. That's insanely impressive. Even if it's coincidental and that they all came together at one time, still impressive. Uh, the other thing that I was blown away by is under adrenaline rushes, you had fly a water propelled jet pack. Yeah. And I did that. How did that happen? That's I've seen the videos of those things, but it looks so amazing. Yeah, we uh, the last few years we've vacationed. A friend of mine has a uh, a beach house down in Newport Beach, Southern California. And um, so we've gone down there for the 4th of July the last couple of years. And I was just relaxing out in front of the beach house right on on the beach. And uh, off in the distance, I see this like stream. And I'd seen the videos, too, probably like you had the jetpack video. Yeah. Um, where you're just like, oh, that's amazing. And, and I saw it off in the distance. And so I thought that's, I bet that's one of those. So I went on Google, I, you know, Google searched and found that actually one of their locations where you can go 
and fly one of them is right there in Newport Beach in the harbor. And so I just thought like, there's no way that they're going to have any availability. So I called them. They said, we don't have any availabilities, but we'll put you on a waiting list. They called me back the next morning at like seven in the morning. And they were like, hey, we've got an availability in two hours. We had a a last minute cancellation. And I'm like, dude, sign me up. (laughs) So two hours later, I'm being strapped into this water propelled jetpack thinking to myself Jeez. like, all right, let's not die today. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, you know, f- flying through the air in this water propelled jetpack, which I, um, I thought was, was kind of neat as I had seen the video and I said, this is going on my list. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was like six months later that it just kind of all came together. It wasn't, it wasn't even really, wasn't planned really. Huh. Have you found through making your list that just putting it down and i know there's like the 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 power of imagination and all that thing and uh but have you found that a lot of those things have come to fruition after you have really not even necessarily gone out to seek them like you said that kind of you you happened into it but Mm -hmm. do you feel like maybe there's some putting that out there in the universe and then the universe answering it um i think that you have to be intentional in order to achieve anything like we all have those things that just kind of happen by accident in life and maybe they're cool maybe they're not but you have to be intentional in in what you're wanting to do and with work and even with achievements and as you could tell by that list if you if you you know go to the wayback machine and look at that list like two years ago it has not changed much so yeah the the being intentional is very important because um, there are some things that I've been able to achieve on that list, but at the same time, there are a lot of those things that I should have achieved by now. And the only reason that I've continued to leave that list public is because of being able to, you know, just have a conversation like this where I can say there are things that, you know, like even running a 10K, I mean, how hard would it be to go and run a 10K? Mm-hmm. Um, that hasn't, I haven't done that yet. And that if I was checking things off by how easy they are, there are some things on there that are not too challenging that I should have been able to check off by now. But, you know, you prioritize. And I think, you know, having the list is valuable because those are things that I want to achieve. Um, I've just chosen to prioritize some other things higher than them. And the main thing is, is, you know, being home with my family as much as possible. Um, most of those things on that list would require you know, at least some time away from my family. And mm-hmm. I'm just not in a place where I really want to do a whole lot of that at the moment. Sure. Especially the traveling and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what kind of uh, doorways have photography opened up to you? Have you been able to experience things that or, or even through the networking of it? Have you gotten certain opportunities that you never really saw coming? Oh, sure. Yeah. A lot of opportunities have last year. Well, late the last the year before, I was I was contacted by a friend of mine or a friend of a friend's who uh, needed a photographer for some stuff that they were doing with NASCAR, and uh, so through that, I was able to attend the Daytona 500. I was actually there oh, for wow. the entire Speed Week, and then went to a couple of races last year as well, and then have been to a few races this year, and so you know I was able to you know, be at those, which is a lot of fun. I enjoy racing. I don't really follow it that closely, but man, being down in the pits of a a NASCAR race is, is like, there's no other experience like it. Um, 
And so that's been an opportunity. When I was there, there was uh, an opportunity for me to be kind of a photographer just by proximity, I guess. Senator Rick Santorum was, was to be there and he was supposed to be traveling with a photographer who wasn't able to make it. And so like last minute, I ended up being Rick Santorum's photographer hmm. uh, for the day, which was kind of neat. Uh, following him around and stuff and taking pictures. Um, so there's been opportunities like that. I think that we live in a world where, you know, photo and video is is huge. Everything is visual these days. Mm -hmm. um, uh, photo and video is a part of everything. And, and if you can, if you can provide that to somebody, opportunities open, you know, and, and I've, I've had a lot of fun opportunities through nonprofits and stuff like that, being able to be involved in some neat events and some, some neat campaigns just because of being a photographer and being flexible. Is there a type of event that you haven't been able to shoot yet that you would like to in the future that you kind of have your sights set on? Yeah, maybe more for just fun, but um, I'd love to shoot an IndyCar race or like mm -hmm. an F1 race. I'd love to to go and like photograph on the sidelines of like a NFL game, um, you know, just stuff like that. That's more for fun than anything. I mean, there's thousands of other photographers that are probably more equipped and and definitely better connected to do that type of stuff. But I think it would just be fun just to just to do it and say that I've not to say that I've done it, but to to know that I've been able to have that experience because I th I think one of the things that's made me a lot more flexible as a wedding photographer is, is doing all these different things that you'd think like, well, what, what could you learn from a NASCAR race that would, that would help you be a better wedding photographer? And I think like, man, when that, that car flies by and you need to take a picture that freezes the action, that's very, that's similar to like a bride throwing her bouquet through the air. You know, if you want that bouquet to be nice and sharp and not all blurry, then you've got to understand your camera. So Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, to shift gears a little bit as we're kind of starting to wrap things up a bit. Sure. Uh, l let's get into some of your geeky interests outside yes. of outside of the norm. So what kind of like TV shows, movies are you into? Are you watching anything now or what are like the classics that you fall back on? The classics that I fall back on, you know, I'm, I'm a huge original, like the first Matrix um, oh, yeah. was like a, was groundbreaking for me. You know, I mean, I, I, I love star wars and and have watched all those movies multiple times i'm you know going to be introducing that to my kids soon so i feel like they're getting to that right age where they yeah. you know wouldn't have nightmares and would be able to understand <laughs> at least what's going on sure um so you know those are those were movies uh like the original tron which is i actually took a, a i was at a workshop yesterday that was led by the guy who did all of the original sound effects for the first, the original Tron. Oh, wow. So that's like the level of, of, you know, like geekiness I have with stuff like that. Like I, I might not have gone to that workshop, but when part of the promo was, you know, like some stuff from Tron, I was just like, all right, I got to see this. <laughs> um, and like he did Iron Man, like the first Iron Man. I mean, oh, just wow. like it was, it was fantastic. And I, that's like my level of what I geek out on is, is the technical of, of stuff. Like, like I said, I've never been much of a gamer cause I just suck at it. Uh, I enjoy them, but not when I'm getting my butt handed to me yeah, left and right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but 
I I see things I think because I like the technical like I'm always looking for the technical and so when when there are movies or TV shows that the cinematography is just fantastic or there's something there's just something different about it and you can't really put your finger on it like things like that or uh, like the the whole reason that I first started watching Breaking Bad was the cinematography like mm. I was just uh, but for me that's that's where I geek out so in, anything you know, and I'm always open to like anybody else who has thoughts or ideas on something that they saw that was fantastic. Like I, I love it. I want to watch it and I want to figure it out and like geek out on what they were using, what their either the technology or their methods. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. Well, in that case, if you're open to suggestions, uh, yes. if you haven't yet watched Daredevil on Netflix, I have not yet. It's in my queue. Oh, excellent. From a, from a pure, uh, cinema, cinematographic uh, sure. uh standpoint it is beautiful absolutely nice. beautiful so definitely check that out i will uh as a star wars fan how do you feel about the prequels i know it's um, a dangerous area to get into but it is it is and like i i uh i mean i wasn't a huge star wars fan as a kid so so i feel like maybe my thoughts are a little bit different i was excited about the prequels but not uh, I mean, I see why they happened, you know, the timing mm -hmm. was right and everything. And, um, and yeah, there was some cool things that happened in them, but for the most part, they were a little confusing to me. And I was sure. and just like anybody else, same complaints as, as most people have about those movies, but Jar -jar. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited about, you know, December and, yeah, uh, yeah. and everything I've seen so far, um, seems really cool. And I think the timing is once again, right. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of like, you, you've got to be able to pivot a story. Like when your story wasn't really written to like continue on forever, you've got to be able to pivot it correctly. And so that's going to be my thing is, do I feel like I just got drove off a cliff by the story? Because that happens so often. It does. So I'm excited. Excellent. Yeah. It, it looks amazing. I mean, those first two teasers, they tug at all the right strings. So yes. I have, I have a good feeling about it. Trying yeah. to be, uh, not too hopeful, but have a good yeah, feeling. that's, that's how I was about the last three or the first three, however you want to say it. <laughs> right. Um, right. I, I wasn't super hopeful about those either. And I, I feel like something that's just awesome the first time around, like when I saw the first matrix and I was just like, Oh, this is blowing me away in so many different ways. The next two were, you know, they, they were all right, but they, I'm de If I, if I was going to go back and watch, I probably would skip them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't necessarily ruin the franchise, but they, they didn't live up to the first one for sure. Exactly. Um, so as we are kind of wrapping up here, what else can we plug for you, your social media links, websites, anything like that? Well, I mean, like I'm on Twitter at Jared, I'm at Jared Hill on pretty much everything. Uh, J E R A D H I L L. I, you know, try to grab my username whenever possible on a social network. So yeah. Twitter, fa Facebook, you know, my website, jaredhill.com. If anybody has any questions, they can hit me up there for sure. And, and I'll, I'll answer them. So. Um, yeah, I'm pretty easy. You just Google search my name and you'll find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Jared for joining me. For more information on everything he does, head on over to jaredhill.com and ditchauto.com. 
To see everything else that we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration and follow at geekgeneration on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at nightangel. Support the show by going to thegeekgeneration.com slash support. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back next week with more stuff for you, and we will see you then. Later. Make it so.